Intelligent and industrious, highly skilled in medicine and technology, with a creative, innovative, and visionary idea and an unorthodox way of thinking, able to set priorities, identify partners, and bring to life their groundbreaking concepts and solutions that fight diseases and improve human happiness and well-being. Healthcare hackers for the greater good. Do you want to become one? EIT Health Innerstars presents real healthcare hackers. The winners of the EIT Health RIS Innovation Calls for 2019 and 2020. In this podcast series, they share their experiences, the opportunities they identified, and the challenges they had to overcome. Listen in. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew Robel, and I have the pleasure to be your host. My guest today is Marius Rus, the co-founder and the CEO of a startup called Tuli. Tuli is a wearable device helping children recognize and manage their emotions. Marius, welcome to Healthcare Hackers. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much. How's it going? Not bad, actually. It's it's good. That's good. That's good. So let's let me start、uh, by asking you a couple of questions related to the startup. When I when I spoke to the founder、uh, and, and and CEO of、uh, of another startup in Estonia, that was the latest episode. He told me that his wife actually. Played a significant role in setting up his、uh, startup. She, she was the one who actually came up with the name. And I know that in your case, there's also that female aspect, meaning your wife helped you as well. Can you tell us a little bit more here? Yes, absolutely. So actually, she she didn't only、uh, helped. She's、uh, she's also a co-founder, and she's、uh, she's part of the of the startup. And she 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 generated the idea here. So uh, uh, we were both in the in the US several years ago. I was doing my MBA with UC Berkeley, and、uh, because she was not allowed to work on account of of work visa,、um, she started to volunteer in、uh, in the local school. Her background is economics. She has a PhD in economics, and she teaches、uh, investments and、uh, micro and macroeconomics at、uh, Cluj-Napoca Babes Boy University. Uh, but she said, "Okay, I, I need to. I need to do something. I, I cannot stay at home for a couple of years."、Uh, and by by chance, she、uh, she started working with、uh, with a child with severe、uh, ADHD, attention deficit and, and hyperactivity disorder. And she realized that she's really good at at helping them and、uh, and I don't know, getting them calm.、Uh, and I think that I don't know, one thing led to another and. Uh, within several、uh, weeks, she was enrolled in a in a class of I don't know training、uh, as a volunteer、uh, school counselor, and then by the end of these two years, she was working with all three schools in the Albany School District in、uh, in San Francisco. And then when we when we came back to to Romania,、uh, she realized that she really likes the area. She likes the、uh, the activity. So she went through the Faculty of Psychology. She got herself a, a master's degree in, in child psychology and uh, uh, development, and、uh, started actually working with、uh, with children, helping them、uh, get their emotions under control. And what was the solution, or what is the solution that you have come up with? So basically, what happens is that、uh, in a case of ADHD, ADHD is a condition、uh, which is
defined by several uh, uh, types of behaviors. And one of the uh, most uh, prevalent and most damaging for the children uh, from the perspective of, I don't know, social acceptance and whatnot is the hyperactivity. Uh, they have uh, a really uh, low impulse control and they do react to stress in a different way than, I don't know, other people. Uh, so as the stress of, I don't know, intellectual challenge accum accumulates, their level of agitation grows. And the problem for them is that they cannot, it takes a volunteer, uh, so it takes intention to, to stop them acting on their, uh, on their reaction, especially when they're highly agitated. They do want to do that. So all the children that, uh, that we talked to in the last three years know that they need to get the, the behavior and the reaction under control, and they want to do it. They also know what to do about it because, again, uh, we are starting from a, for a, the, the narrowest part of the, the area on, on children that are already doing some kind of therapy. Uh, so they know what to do. It's not very difficult for them to do it, but they don't know when they need to do it. And this is something that until now was, uh, was either learned in years and years of just, I don't know, going to therapy and discussing with the, with the psychologist and going through everything and trying to figure out when was the point where they should have done something or by being helped by uh, by a school counselor that has to be present has to be there has to be has to see the the child and has to be able to interact with your child and, and notify them that yeah if something is uh, is getting you agitated and you should uh, you should do something about it just by working with them and my my wife Adina was doing exactly that and we realized that Maybe we can find an, uh, uh, a digital solution to this, to, to replace or to enhance the school counselor uh, presence by having a, a device, a, a wearable that can track a lot of things that, that the school counselor can, and also a bunch of things that, that the school counselor is not able to, to see or detect them immediately and be able to alert the child of, of what happens. Uh, so this is what, uh, what Tuli, our, our product does. It's, it's a wearable, it's a bracelet that sits on the, on the child's hand and it tracks their physiological indicators and it, uh, it detects the rise in agitation that might lead to, to an emotional flare, to, to basically an explosive event in which uh, all behavior is, gets out completely out of control. And before that happens, the device uh, notifies, so it, it alerts the, the wearable, it, it vibrates on the child's hand uh, and this is, I think, the most important part of what it does because it distracts the child from, uh, from the stressor. And it, it basically lets mm -hmm. the child know that, yes, now is the moment then, uh, then you, should, uh, you should get things under control. Of course, it also guides the child afterwards. So the, the, there's patterns of, of vibration, patterns of, of LED lights that work and then they can... Uh, they can uh, guide the child through, uh, through biofeedback back to control if it's needed, if it's not enough, just a, a simple vibration at, at the right moment. And also, of course, uh, we do collect the data and, uh, I don't know, the, the therapists and the psychologists are really uh, excited about the possibilities that can be opened by, by having, a, I don't know, the, the possibility, the, being able to, to look into the actual emotional roller coaster that happened in in one of these child children's life across i don't know a couple of days or a week even 
what I would like to ask you now uh, about is, uh, you know, any challenges that you've gone through over, you know, the time that you, since you started developing the, the device, you know, it's when, when you have a, a device pretty much ready, it's, it's always easy to say, okay, for, for those who are, you know, who just see the device, that it's a straight path that led to it. But in fact, there's hard work and there's a lot of challenges that you always have to overcome. Uh, what we did do, and I'm not sure it's necessarily the, I don't know, the, the best way to do uh, when we're trying to uh, to build a, a startup was to uh, we, we kept on going but we we dialed it down uh, I don't know the effort involved uh, uh, while we were trying to to figure out diverse things so we went on a, on an extreme uh, bootstrapping uh, way in which uh, all the co-founders work continued to I don't know to with their day jobs and in the same time we developed uh, uh, we developed our product and that happened for about two years out of the three and some uh, since we've been uh, active. And uh, I think that the most important or the most difficult challenge w- challenges were, one was finding the right talent, finding the right co-founders. Because when we started, as I said, I, we, the idea came from, from my wife and she's, she was bringing the, the psychology part. And I've been working with, uh, uh, with startups uh, in in strategy and in uh, I don't know building uh, building go to market plans and uh, and building uh, financing uh, plans for a number of years after after my graduation from uh, from Berkeley. So that part was covered, but we needed somebody or more than one somebody to to actually build the device because uh, because it's mm. uh, it's a hardware. It involves both hardware and software. Uh, we had to do it. Uh, also the hardware part because nothing of the shelf was uh, included all the sensors that we needed mm-hmm. uh, so it took us I don't know probably a year, a year and a half to find the right team and to get through, we, we got through three different sets of, of potential co-founders until we found the ones that uh, that were aligned with us, that clicked with us and that were also uh, inspired by the idea and they wanted to to do something about it and uh and they they were willing to put uh, put down work without a very uh, clearly uh a visible uh result in the future because as i said for for about three years we did this almost as from 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 uh, from passion almost as a as a hobby because it was uh really unlikely to I mean, not necessarily unlikely, but it was. We were so far away from a for uh, from the point in which we could go for for fundraising, and we could go to to get support that we decided, okay, we'll push it as far away as we can by ourselves, and then and then we'll go uh, uh, talk to other people. So th- this was, I think, the f- uh, the first challenge. Uh, the second challenge came with the uh, with the I don't know with the area with the industry. It's hardware and it's hard, and as I said, I've been working with startups for a bunch of years, but this was my first uh, uh, venture in the hardware space. And it's also, besides being hardware, is medical devices. So mm-hmm. it's, it's double or quadruple hard, uh, and it takes much longer. Everything takes much longer and, uh, and costs more than, uh, than when you're doing something that's purely physical. Uh, and we realized that from really small mistakes like, uh, I don't know. We 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 bought a new uh, microcontroller, 
and somehow the the microcontroller did not connect correctly with one of the uh, one of the uh, sensors and we realized that on prototype version 4 we have instead of being better than version 3 uh, we have no access whatsoever to to one of the sensors and it took us two weeks to realize why and because it was a description a very technical aspect that was buried in the i don't know page 83 row 17 <laughs> uh, and it was just half a, uh, half a sentence that was explaining why we that uh, we got that uh, that strange uh, uh, results and then when we realized that okay we said okay we we'll, we we'll change it we we take a a new microcontroller that has the the, the all the necessary uh, features, but we realized that okay. But in that case, we need to also change the architecture of the uh, of the PCB, and we have to wait. Besides, for uh, for the the microcontroller to come, we have to wait for new PCBs to be manufactured, and that was before COVID, and the the cost was uh, uh, was the the most important part. So we were doing it in in China, so we had to wait for another three weeks for the Chinese to. To, to complete to our Chinese partners to, to finish our our batch of 10 or 15 uh, PCBs and send us send them to us. So it took us much longer than it would have taken if it were just a bug in the in the software uh, in a software mm. product that you are, you can debug it and you can replace it and you can uh, solve it in, in several days. Uh, and this is as I said the second biggest challenge and I think the third was something that hit everybody uh, uh, this year so, we yeah. we were really were hit by uh, by the covid we weren't mm-hmm. expecting to to be hit and at first it was it was just uh, i don't know the the connections with uh, with the suppliers in china with the suppliers of, of parts were were sketchy and we had to i don't know to to go for more expensive european stuff or to redesign uh, some of the product because the di- dimensions were different and that that was pretty much expected but the problem was then when everybody entered lockdown we were about to launch our uh, uh, our large-scale testing, and this testing involves uh, observing school children. Chi- school children in their in their I don't know natural environment, so in school, yeah. and having an observer present uh, with them. And of course, school stops, and everybody was in lockdown, so no uh, no chance of of having I don't know observing somebody doing their homework, and nobody was really thinking. Uh, correctly about homework and the level of I don't know stress and uh, uh, I don't know fear was was at max everywhere. So that practically stopped us for about six months. We restarted now because uh, we are actually uh, we have a European uh, grant uh, that is uh, is supporting uh, this project, uh, and we restarted this uh, this part now actually. I think a week and a half ago, we we had the first discussions with uh, uh, with the parents, and we started to uh, to work with uh, with the children initially one on one, and the actually one on one on one because it's with with the psychologist present. Uh, but uh, and we are waiting to see how how the school opening uh, uh, works, and if we can uh, if we can find a solution in which to have this uh, this testing within the classroom as we intended. But as I said, our initial plan was to have this testing in between April and May, and it looks like we're gonna be doing it in October, maybe mm. November. 
I was actually going to ask you about COVID because it seems like, you know, it has affected pretty much everyone. And uh, especially if you are uh, in a sort of uh, testing uh, period, then, you know, you are unable to do certain things. Uh, you mentioned funding as well. And uh, I wanted to ask you about, you know, the EIT support um, here, because uh, it's, 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 you know, it's not always easy to apply for, uh, for um, funding like that. Can you share your experience when it comes to applying for the funding? For yes, absolutely. So, I mean, in our case, it's a little bit different because, I mean, I, I listened to, to a couple of episodes uh, for, uh, uh, of, of the podcast, and it's a bit different because Applying for funding and, and helping entrepreneurs secure funding is something that I have been doing before starting this yes. uh, uh, this company. So, and the part the the uh, the business part was uh, really there for us. We we actually started from there rather than starting from uh, from the product and going towards the business. Uh, so, it is different. What we did was first of all we decided that we want. Uh, we won't try not try to uh, to go through uh, uh, through financing and get financing until we are actually ready. Until we can we can show something that proves that that we really have something in our hand. Uh, maybe it's not the the right uh, solutions for for everybody, but it definitely works best uh, to uh, to better to to do it like that rather than go with an idea. Uh, another thing that we did was uh, we initially focused on uh, on accelerators uh, and uh, before this uh, this grant that we got uh, we we went through another EIT uh, program the uh, the G Healthcare Venture Lab in in Budapest last year uh, which is really good and it was a really good uh, experience for us uh, it's at least at the last year or in 2019 uh, it was uh, it was a very diverse experience there was were about 30 startups and they were all across the uh, the range from uh, from where they are with the product or uh, i don't know the, the business so mm -hmm. we had we had companies that were just uh, i don't know figuring out what how their idea can be uh, can be used they were uh, companies like us that were already in in prototype phase and they were testing and they had initial results and and uh, had something that that they felt it it was okay and there were also startups that were already launched on the market and they were uh, they were revenue generating uh, mm -hmm. and the focus of the uh, of the accelerator was pretty much split for the ones that were already launched it was more towards getting traction but in the same time we and uh, I don't know the, the younger, as in I don't know startup age uh, companies were uh, we benefited a lot from uh, from the focus on product market fit, uh, and it was as I said great, and it was great to to be able to get uh, the first contact with uh, with the entire uh, healthcare ecosystem in in Europe because there were companies from uh, I don't know from uh, Lithuania, from Spain, from Norway, from Hungary, of course. Uh, there were a couple of other companies from uh, from Romania, so there was a, a lot of uh, uh, I don't know a lot of presence, an international presence, and regional presence there. Uh, and another thing that uh, I realized, but most both 
from from my direct experience, but also by I don't know seeing the the other teams work that it's the the business side uh, of a startup is really important when especially yes. when you're going to uh, to get financing. I whether it's it's getting it from from angel investors or getting it from from a grant. It's very important to be able to have something that makes sense from a business uh, perspective. Yes. And actually, even from us, that we started from business and we, uh, I mean, we started from, I don't know, from, from a need that we identified, but then we, we, we went basically uh, all the way through how can we transform that into a business before actually having the product in our hand. Uh, even for us, we, it took a lot of fine-tuning and adjusting uh, mm-hmm. to get something that, that we feel it's going to work from that perspective and that, uh, that is uh, considered that was considered acceptable by uh, by the investors, by the potential investors, and by the investor that uh, eventually went in and uh, and invested in us. This is uh, a very good point, I think, because startups oftentimes actually neglect this business element. And uh, if you're telling, you know, if you if you are actually an example of a of a startup that looked at it at the very beginning, and yet, you know, you find it extremely important. That shows how important, in fact, it is. Yes, actually, and I'm I'm always uh, I kept on I don't know uh, working with uh, uh, with other startups from time to time, and uh, I'm actually advising everybody that having a co-founder that has I don't know has the the responsibilities and the and the skills in the business side is equally important that having somebody that's doing uh, the tech side because otherwise you just end up with a product and it can be uh, a great product, but uh, unless you can transform it into into a business, it's it's very unlikely that you'll be able to to do something with that. So, where are you with the with the project right now? What's the next step? So, at this moment, we are basically a little bit further away uh, than we were in uh, in let's say in April. So that's the mm-hmm. the COVID situation. Uh, we we already started the uh, the large scale testing. What we what we want here is to accumulate a sufficient number of hours and to uh, to create a scientific just, uh, basis uh, for uh, for our claims that uh, that uh, the tool works and in this case uh, we are working with uh, with the faculty of psychology in this EIT health uh, uh, project to, mm-hmm. to do all uh, to do everything and then uh, once that is done we are planning to launch our product through a crowdfunding campaign we're hoping to do it either at the end of this year or very early next year and have everything together and be able to uh, to, to actually put it in the market and ha- and start helping children uh, i don't know manage their day to day issues because until now we've been working and we've been uh, developing and we've been improving it and uh, it kind of feels like i don't know we're it's it's much better than it was even six months ago, but it's still only for us at this moment. Marius, I wish you all the best with the project. Uh, It looks and sounds very impressive. Thank you very much for all the insights today. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was Healthcare Hackers. Stay tuned to the next episode, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And don't forget to check out our EIT Health Innerstars website for more info about the EIT Health RIS innovation calls and other opportunities and stories.